It has been three weeks uh, since we have been in Daniel. We left off uh, with the final Antichrist being the subject matter. And chapter 12 picks up right where 11 leaves off. In fact, they really bleed into each other. It's not a great place uh, for a chapter break, as we would see. If you notice with me, we're going to read, read through some of what Dustin read for us. But in chapter 11, verse 45, it says, And he, the Antichrist, will pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain, yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. And at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. Let's pray. Father, we now ask your blessing on our time in this final chapter of Daniel. Thank you for all that you have enlightened us with, encouraged us with, rebuked us with as we've worked through this remarkable book, it is a gift. Help us, as even it says in this chapter, to be wise so that we might have understanding, to be like the stars that would lead others and guide them in direction towards you and your righteousness. And so we pray now that you would encourage us today. Lord, that's my prayer, that we would be encouraged as we end this year, as we begin a new year, with just what Dustin mentioned, the promises, the promises of your word that you are faithful to keep. Give us attention and understanding, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you notice what the prophetic word describes during these days of the Antichrist? It says this, a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. A time of trouble that has never been seen in all of human history and existence. That doesn't sound good. During this future time, the persecution of God's people will be at its worst. Before we go any further, I would encourage you at some point, I'm not going to take the time this morning, but to read Mark chapter 13. Uh, to read in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus, all of it discourses where he describes not only events that would happen within the generation of Israel, but also events that will be coming in the future as he is warning his people about these times that have nothing to compare to. But even though the thought of a time of trouble that has never been known is bleak, the prophetic word, the vision is not without hope. The chapter opens as Michael, that is the mighty warrior, uh, the patron of God's people, he takes his stand in preparation for action. He takes his stand in defense of God and his people to fulfill the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the promise of verse 1 is that at that time your people shall be delivered. Your people shall be Delivered, everyone whose name will be found written in the book. Final deliverance will come to those whose names are written in the book. In other words, those who have put their faith and their trust in Yahweh, those who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus, their names are written in the book and they will be delivered. What encouragement that promise brings to those who are suffering through times of trouble. Davis writes this, he says, in a time when God's people were viewed as trash, and scum, 
They are assured that their names are known and precious to God. It doesn't matter what other people will say about God's people. What matters is what God says about his people. The name that he has placed on his people is what matters the most when he says, you are mine. You are a part of my family. Everlasting life together. Inseparably connected to the final deliverance is the hope and the promise of resurrection, bodily resurrection. The Old Testament authors often write about Sheol or the grave, and these were, these were the mysteries. They didn't quite understand what happened after death, but they knew there was something to it. But here in Daniel chapter 12, we find the only Old Testament reference that directly references the resurrection of the dead. The general resurrection of the dead is, is clearly laid out here uh, for us. Uh, look at verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. That's a pretty remarkable thing to find. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that was there. It was a beautiful gem for me to see the glory of the resurrection prophesied so long ago in Daniel chapter number 12. Verse 3 then speaks of those who are wise, those who will guide others to righteousness. He says, just as the north star can help someone know the right direction, so the wise direct many in a Godward direction. I love the, the language that is used here. See, in our day, there are, there's so much noise there's so much chaos. Many of us have just come out of that. Maybe this is some of the noisiest time of year because of all of the traveling and all of the expenses and all the things that are going on in our families and in our lives. There's a lot of noise. So he says, surround yourself with wise people who are like a star that will keep guiding you towards righteousness. Be that person for other people and then look for those other people who are steady so that they can guide you into wisdom. Well, let's consider the real content of this final chapter, verses 4 through 13. In the, the final section, Daniel again receives instruction. He needs to seal up the book. And obviously, we've talked about this. This is kind of a controversial. What exactly does it mean to, to seal up the book? Notice verse 4. You, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will run to and fro, back and forth, and knowledge will increase. I think the best understanding of this idea is Daniel, the vision's over. This is the final chapter. This is the final word that you will receive. This fourth vision that Daniel receives is the last vision. But then he adds this promise. Those who, those who trudge their way through the rough terrain. He describes it as going, going back and forth and moving amidst these visions and trying to understand them is the idea. They will gain knowledge. Don't quit, in other words. Keep, keep studying, keep moving back and forth and gaining understanding of these things. A few summers back, our family, I was able to check one of my boxes, and that was to go to uh, Yosemite National Park there in California. And uh, we, we, we drove in kind of on the north side and made our way through, and we spent probably in total six hours there we saw maybe less than a percent of Yosemite. Less than a percent. 
We were on the main roads for the most part. We were on the, the main trails for the most part. So I can't really say, oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Yosemite, or I saw Yosemite. I saw less than 1% of Yosemite. The same is true about the book of Daniel. As we consider uh, all that we've studied together, all that we've looked at together through this fall, I've probably preached and you've probably listened to about 1% of the truth and the content of what is to be revealed and what Daniel is trying to convey in these particular prophecies. We need to be students of the book and continue to be students of the book so that our knowledge might increase. Well, as Daniel is heeding the spoken instruction, he looks and he notices two figures. This happens to him a lot, doesn't it? Uh, they're standing on separate banks of the river. Someone asks, how long? How long until the end of these things? What is the time frame? And isn't that the question we ask all the time? How long? When will Christ return? When will this situation in my life be resolved? How long? One of the figures raises both of his hands to the heaven. I think that is him signifying and drawing attention to the one who not only knows these things, but the one who ordains these things, Yahweh himself. And he gives his answer. And it's probably not the answer Daniel wanted. And it's certainly not the answer we would want because he just simply says, for a time, times, and a half a time. And that, when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. So, so basically, what is he saying? A time, times, and a half a time. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Now, many scholars connect this to the statements related to three and a half years of, of tribulation that, that some believe will take place. That is a premillennial position. We've covered some of those things. Other systems would view these numbers with some other senses of obscurity. We've already touched on the time of trouble that will be greater than any time of trouble before the statement above, but here we find another statement that echoes the struggle, the, the shattering of God's people. This is how he describes it. The shattering of God's people will come before the end draws near. Stuart Olet offers this bleak consideration. He says, we'll come to a point in history where it appears that darkness has really won the day. It will seem as if the Antichrist is going to continue forever. It will seem as if the church has been entirely obliterated. For there will no longer be any sign of it. There will come a day of the shattering of God's people. We sit comfortably in a warm auditorium, padded pews and seats today, but I have to imagine in my mind that there are some of our brothers and sisters in Christ who feel like their faith is being shattered. Their churches are under significant persecution. They're experiencing the things that Daniel is talking about. I want us to remember those people. I want us to remember that the things that we read about in the persecution that we look at as some distant thing for us here in America is a reality for many of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe today. This very day. Well, at this point, Daniel inquires to know more, but is told there's nothing more for him to know. And so the messenger seems to suggest that the future saints will have a greater understanding of these things. He says, 
Uh, the godly will understand these things, but the wicked won't. This may be because they're able to interpret those events in real time as they're happening. It may be a reference to the coming of more understanding that Jesus would reveal in what I mentioned in Mark chapter 13 or otherwise. But either way, when he says the godly will understand these things better, I don't feel very godly uh, when I read these things. And I think, man, I must be one of the evil ones because I don't quite comprehend everything that Daniel is saying. But despite saying there's nothing more for Daniel to receive, another set of digits is dropped. It says this, From the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination to make desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. More numbers. I'm not very good at math. I don't really care for math. But opinions on these vary. Like the 70-week section of Daniel, some get out their abacuses and they try to begin to calculate exactly what's being meant by these particulars and these numbers. My intention today is not to give you the variety of options, but rather to say this. Whatever the interpretation of the 1,290 days or the 1,335 days, the text encourages the faithful during this and similar times of persecution to endure to the end. You see, the numbers don't matter as much as enduring till the end. Because the numbers represent what? There is an end. And you can endure to the end. And blessed are those who endure to the end. Hmm. Regarding this hope, I had to take this illustration from one of the commentaries. Davis writes this, he says, This passage brings to mind an Associated Press news story. One weekend in St. Louis, Missouri, a dog dubbed Quentin, who was a year-old uh, Basenji mix, he was ushered into the city gas chamber to be euthanized with his fellow unwanted, unclaimed canine associates. Monday morning, the death chamber doors were thrown open, and among that ghastly scene of death, there stood, with tail and tongue wagging, Quentin. The animal control supervisor said she never had seen such a survivor and didn't have the heart to slam the door shut. In her view, the 30-pound Quentin had earned the right to live. Commenting on this story, here's what Davis writes. These things are a parable, we might say. If you're Jesus' disciple, you are simply called to keep on going, to keep slogging on, in your worship of Christ to keep on refusing to bow to the latest idol? Who knows what hatred and damage may fall on you, what threats or enticements may be made to you? But God is going to have a 1335 people. After evil does its worst, Davis concludes with this. The church of Jesus Christ will be there. Quentin-like, standing on their feet. And isn't that the promise of Jesus for us in Matthew chapter 16? The gates of hell will not prevail. Isn't that the promise we find in the scriptures that says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
we are a part of something pretty spectacular and pretty amazing. We're part of the kingdom of Yahweh that is everlasting. And in the end, we will stand. And I love, love, love the personal note that ends this chapter. Because God speaks now directly to Daniel, who has been through so much. So much of people. He was a teenage boy who was ripped out of his homeland and taken to this strange place. And he's experienced all of these remarkable but devastating visions. He's experienced his own share of persecution. And the final lines are for Daniel. The final lines are a personal note to him. Verse 13, Go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Daniel, your end, it's not the end. And I would say to you, Christian follower of Jesus, your end is not the end. It's not the end. We've mentioned it a couple of times throughout this series, that song that we have introduced really this year. I know how the story ends. We will be with you again. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 21. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my description of it. Because just as the curtain was peeled back for Daniel to see some amazing things, the curtain was pulled back for John to see some amazing things. And this is the final chapter as we know it in the history of humanity. Revelation 21. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heavens from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throng saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear. Every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. And neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy. These words are true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. 
The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly and the faithless and the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the adulterers, and all the liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Jump over to chapter 22 with me if you would. After the angel reveals the new Jerusalem. Verse 6. The angel says, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the Son... Or the Lord, the, the Lord, the God of spirits and of prophets has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and I saw these things. And when I heard and I saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of the book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book. For the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous shall do right and the holy shall be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me and to repay each one For what he has done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter into the gates outside of the dogs and the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the adulterers, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit of the bride says, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take water of life without price. I do warn everybody who hears the word of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. And he who testifies to these things, what does he say? Surely I am coming soon. And we along with John, let's read this together. Amen, come Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that the vision isn't sealed. We can read the final chapter. And we can have hope. Even as we in this world are overwhelmed so often with grief, the pain of death, even as we are so often overwhelmed with anxieties and Fears. 
like Quentin, we will stand in the end. Your people, your church, your kingdom will not be thwarted by anyone or anything. Lord, it is not in our faithfulness that we rest our hope. It is in your faithfulness. If it were up to me, I would have failed many, many years ago. But this is your plan. And in many ways, we're along for the ride. And we thank you for that. Encourage us, we pray, as we move into this new year. There will be suffering. There will be trials. There will be days of of amazing joy. And there will be days of defeat. But help us to keep our eyes focused on the final chapter. Help us to keep our eyes focused on the coming King of kings and Lord of lords who is making all things new. Even so, come Lord Jesus. This is our prayer.